Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. You know, five years ago, we called Pastor Matt to join us at Christ Lutheran to launch Christ South. And about three or four years ago, we bought this beautiful land here, 13 acres, down Providence Road and off of railroad. And today it's time to talk about what's next. One congregation, amazingly unusual things here at this congregation. One of those things is on this land, we're gonna put something that's gonna be more like an old dairy farm with all kinds of multiple uses for people that would be interested in being a part of a faith community or, or maybe not, but definitely would never walk into a traditional parish. Now it's time to talk about the building. And, and together, we're gonna build, what are we gonna build, Matt? We're gonna build a multi-use space. It's gonna look and feel like a barn, much like this area of Weddington Waxhaw, that rural feel, that informal, cozy vibe that goes on, but it's gonna be a high-tech space that can also be used for other businesses that wanna borrow it, events that we wanna do on the property, and all kinds of multiple uses that will allow the community to be a part of what we're doing here. Now, for my part, I've got a team together for logistics. We're working with architects and general contractors. We're working out the timeline. We're, we're putting together the finances. Our goal. because I get to do the design. We got a team that's gonna be putting together what that looks like so that it feels great when you walk in, that it feels like a place that is what we've always said at Christ South, welcome home. We want it to feel like a place that they are welcomed home. Hmm. Now to pay for a substantial amount of this project, we want to invite you to this congregational meeting. We want to talk about selling that acre lot that's located right next to the office at Providence. We're using it for the garden ministry right now. When we bought that, we weren't really sure what to use it for, but now God has revealed to us, I believe, a project, a plan to use it for the building of Christ South. It's been land that our generosity of our congregation poured into some years ago. And what we've seen is people fed by that garden for years, and it's been an amazing ministry. And in that generosity, the value of that land has grown 50%. And now we're gonna get a chance to feed even more people as we go forward. Absolutely, but we can't buy or sell. So come to the congregational event. We've got a great deal and a great contract, I believe. Come and listen to it, cast your vote. Unfortunately, according to the constitution, you have to be present to actually vote, but you can certainly watch online. Christ Lutheran is doing a lot of very unique and diverse things. That's the beauty of being here. The creativity that God does things here is just absolutely amazing. But no matter what, we are always one congregation, one church together. Yeah, no matter what campus you attend, come and see what we are doing together. Y'all, I am so excited. I mean, I cannot wait.
for next week. It's going to be so amazing. There are three awesome things happening next week, right after worship, the vote on whether or not we're going to buy this land. We can't buy it without you, but let me just tell you, God blessed us. I can't wait yeah. for you to hear what's going on with that. It is crazy. And it's going to get us so far along to be able to have our own space, Christ South. You've got to show up. Okay. I know it's difficult to do that, but I need you to be there. Please come and vote because this is what gets us going as a congregation, as a campus out here on this land. So please come. It's an incredible moment. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So I'm going to need you to talk back to me this morning because I'm having some fun. I, I, I tell you, man, worship in this place has been amazing. Next week, we get to be together. It's going to be so fantastic. I can't wait for that time we can be together. We'll still do online at 10. We'll still have that. Uh, and then, uh, but we're also going to have that afternoon. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. All right, so let me ask you a question. In the house, what was the worst word you ever heard as a kid? Think about it. Don't just say the one. <laughs> not those. Not those, James. What's the worst word you ever heard as a kid? I'm betting it was no. No. When you wanted to go in a particular direction and you heard no, that was like the end of everything, man. It was just no. But for me, it was something else. For me, it was something else. So I remember when I was a little kid, and mom and I went shopping and I remember we went to this store and she was looking to get these like little polo shirts and like maybe look nice for some family pictures or something like that. And I got in my head that like we really needed to go. Now this is back in the day in Franklin to Kmart. All right. That used yeah. to be a thing. Kmart was a jam and they had like big toy section and it was fun. You could go in there. I was like, mom, can we go to Kmart? So I want to get a toy. I, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm putting in some time here. Like I'm putting some time in. I'm trying on clothes. You made me try on clothes. I need to have, I need to need to be some sort of reward situation here. You know, I'm, I'm doing this. This is definitely a kid of privilege, right? If I gotta, if I gotta go and get new clothes and I'm going to go and get a toy. So I'm like, but I want to go to wall. I want to go to Kmart. I want to go in and do my shopping. And I said, ma, 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 can we go to Kmart after this? And she was like, we'll see now. Now I know about you, but we'll see was the worst because I'm like, that means there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance that we might actually do it. We'll see. We're going to see what happens. But as I got older and older in my childhood, I realized that we'll see just meant no. Pretty much it meant no. no. But there was just that little bit of mystery in there. I'm like, Mom, might change her mind. It's possible. I mean, she didn't say no. Normally she says no when it's no. Now it's we'll see. So maybe it's we'll see. All right, I want you to hang on to that one for a minute. We're going to read Mark 8. Mark 8, chapter 30, or, uh, verse 31 through 37. Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with the disciples and says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whatever, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose their life for me for the sake of the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks, thanks be, to, be God. to God. We'll see. It was the worst. 
because there was a little bit of mystery in there. It wasn't a full-on no, but pretty much it meant no. And I find myself doing the same thing to my kids. Like, well, they ask me something, and I'll be like, it's got to be annoying for them, just as it was for me. But I hate saying no, and I feel like i got to say it a lot. Hey, Dad, can I have dessert for breakfast? No, you can't have dessert for breakfast. Uh, Dad, can I go outside and not wear my jacket? No, it's 32 degrees and raining. You need to wear a jacket. Hey, Dad, can I wash my hair with mud? No. Actually, I think that might be kind of funny, to be honest with you, <laughs> see them see wash their hair with mud. No, you can't do that. So it's just kind of like this cop-out, right? It's like an almost answer. It's usually a no, we'll see, but there's a mystery to it. But in this scripture we just read, there is no mystery whatsoever. Jesus just described his death and suffering, and then Pete, all right, hold up. Pete's my favorite. I talk about Pete all the time. Peter is my favorite. He is the best of all the disciples, I feel like. We talked about this enough yet. He is, like I said a couple weeks ago, the Rob Gronkowski of the Bible, right? Where he just like blurts out things, right? Jesus, I'm going to go suffer and die. Peter, no, no, no way, Jesus. Uh-uh, that's my translation, though. Just stay with me. But then Jesus calls him out. Maybe he got annoyed of having to tell him no. Maybe he just didn't feel like he was fully on. No, Peter, you can't stay up here on the mountain. No, we've got to go down the mountain. No, Peter, you can't take your eyes off me while you're walking on water. No, Peter, stop trying to make this about you. Hmm. He gives him this emphatic no, like nothing we've ever heard before. Get behind me, Satan. This is the same guy. Just, just, to, just so we check ourselves, that calls Jesus the Messiah first. It's the same guy that Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. It's the same guy that jumps out onto the water to walk. Savior, if it's really you, command me to come out on the waves. And he does, and he walks on water. It's the same guy. See, I think we're like Pete a lot. I call him Pete because we're boys. <laughs> because there's so much potential for greatness but our will often takes us off course. We want Jesus to be and do things a certain way. Jesus, fix this. Do that. Make this thing happen. But that's not necessarily the way that Jesus is and does things. It's frustrating sometimes, especially when there's like waiting involved. Who are my people waiting? You're waiting. It's so hard. There's no we'll see here. It's just no. Peter, not your way, my way. Now, how often do we pray and ask God, God, will you just do this thing? But, but can you do it my way? I mean, God, can you, can you just do what you need to do? But can you bring out the result like I want it to be? Can you make things fall in line for me? See, this sermon series is about heartbreaks. It's got this great, beautiful, like heart shattering, you know, and it's like uh, thinking about the places that, that, that break our hearts. But ultimately, it's just as much about the things that break God's heart. It's about looking in at what makes us tick, looking in at this heart, examining who we are during this time of Lent. It's looking at the cross that we're called to bear for our sin, for our brokenness, and it makes us ask the question, whose will are we really praying be done? I don't really want to carry that cross and follow you, Lord. Matter of fact, I think it'd be really great if we could just skip to Easter. <laughs> I 
And a lot of churches do that, right? A lot of churches don't take this 40 days. They don't, they aren't walking in the mud, examining who, who we are, seeing the sinfulness of who we are and realizing our need for Jesus. And now we know where Peter's head's at. I don't want to carry the cross. I don't want to follow you, Lord. Can we just skip to Easter? I just started watching the show Lucifer. Anybody watched Lucifer? I didn't know it was like a thing. I've run out of shows on Netflix. By the way, Sounds like a bad show. It, I, well, you would think maybe it's a bad show for a pastor, but it's actually hilarious. Uh, but I, I was wondering if you guys got some good shows you think I ought to be watching, you need to put them in the chat so I know what I know what we're watching. I need a new list. I'm running out of, I'm, I'm now watching foreign films. And that's great because they're amazing. But then I'm looking at the thing and I'm looking at the thing and I'm looking at the thing and going back and forth. But I started watching Lucifer. I guess it's this uh, series on uh, on Netflix. And basically the devil decided not to live in hell. This is Lucifer. I mean, there's some messy stuff and it don't get caught up in all that. But long story short, it's really funny, funny show. And he asks people, he'll get like right up close to him and he'll say, and he'll say what do you want most? What do you want most? And no matter what, they kind of like cave, they sort of like open up. No matter how crazy it is, they tell him what it is that they want most. See, he's able to like tap into their soul and their truth comes to the surface. And I think that's what's going on with Peter is that when Jesus tells him all of these things, the only thing he can think to say is no, Jesus, no. Every week, and every day, as a matter of fact, so many of us pray the Lord's Prayer, right? We have that in our household. We pray the Lord's Prayer at night with all of our kids. Each one, as they go to bed, we pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes they say it on their own as they've grown up and gone off to college. But we say in that prayer, thy will, what? Thy will be done. Wait, my will? Thy will be done. But do we really mean it? I mean, do we really want it? I mean, likely the answer is no. We want it our way, always. That's the nature of sin. That means we look in on ourselves for what we want. And it's not really a surprise to God. You know that, right? It's not a surprise to God that we have those feelings and we have those actions and energies in our lives. So even the rock on which the church was built confused his own will with what God's will. So again, we're in really good company. But sin is part of us. Brokenness is part of us at our core. Now, I was talking to somebody a while back. I mean, it's probably way back in like seminary. It was like a little long time ago. And they were like, so we're like 50% <clears throat> saint, 50% sinner, right? Like half the time I do the things that I want to do. And half the time I do the things I don't want to do, right? And then you're like, well, but some days I'm like 80-20, uh, well, one way or the other. <clears throat> and some days I'm like 90-10. It's a really great day or a really, really bad day. But the truth of the matter is we are 100% saint and 100% sinner at the same time. It's a crazy way to understand it, but it means we are full-time saint and sinner. That's the way we are. We're fully broken, and yet as God looks at us, God sees the risen Christ. We're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And what a beautiful thing that that is to know our fully brokenness, but are loved, that we're loved like God loves Son. It's who we are, broken, sinful people. All right, well there, Pastor. A little heavy. Um, <clears throat> a little heavy. A little heavy. I, I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm. I'm with you now. Now, now, what do we do with that? Well, maybe for us to go forward, let's let's go back just a little bit. Let's walk back through that scripture. Uh, maybe we can pull that scripture back up. 
Let's walk back through that scripture really quick. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. This, this, this is a really difficult thing because this is all of the popular, rich, and important people going to suffer many things and be rejected by them. And then it gets worse. And then he must be killed and then rise again. <clears throat> he spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter took him aside and had to have been saying, Lord, no. No, I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want that. And Jesus calls him out and says, get behind me, Satan. He called the crowds in and then he says to them, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But right before that, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, if you want to follow me as a rabbi, if you want to be a part of my group, if you want to follow in my ways, and this was the way things work, you would pick a rabbi whose teachings that you really love and you would ask if you could follow them. And he's saying, if you want to follow me, it means you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He's already calling out the cross before he's even been tried. <clears throat> Anytime you read scripture, though, you can't just read what's happened. You've got to go back and see what was before this. Right before this, he just fed 4,000 people, right? And they only counted the men because boo. So that means he probably counted, he probably fed way more people than 4,000 people. This beautiful and incredible moment. He healed a blind man. So this <clears throat> blind man who was once blind now can see. Peter, right after that, they're saying, Jesus says, so there's people talking about me, huh? Well, then who, who do they say that I am? Some say Moses, some say Elijah, some say others. Well, who do you, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And this is it. This is like the best. Jesus is amazing. Y'all think about it. This is incredible. He's just fed all of these people. He's just healed this blind man. And like Peter declared him the Messiah. Like, this is amazing. This is really happening. Like, this is a really, really good thing. It's all coming together, Lord. Everything's working out right. And the more and more Peter speaks out stuff that we're feeling and thinking at the same time, right? Jesus, it's all working. These first eight chapters have been fantastic. All these cool things are happening. And like, people know about us. And like, there's a following. And like, people are eating that weren't able to eat before. And people being fed because we're near. I mean, like, this is amazing and you're going to suffer and you're going to go and you're going to die. And then Peter hears the truth, the hard truth about Jesus' future. We get a preview of that next chapter of life for them. And it's too much. It's just too much. And Peter wants nothing to do with that. Jesus, we're just getting started. See, this section of scripture has to be held up against the prior section. Think about this. Peter says, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, Peter, you are Satan. I mean, think about what that says in that poetic way that we hear God's word come to life. Peter, you know that I'm the Messiah. Well, this is what it means for the Messiah to be the Messiah. <clears throat> and our call as Christ followers means facing the hard reality of what it means then to follow Jesus. Christians, <clears throat> I've heard people talk about Christianity as being like this way out, like this escape. And for so many people, it can be from a lot of different things. But ultimately, it's calling to a life that's more difficult than it was before. It's not a bed of roses. Our call is to follow Christ on these next 40 days, ultimately to the cross and then to the tomb to realize who we are and whose we are and our brokenness without Jesus. But to follow Jesus also means to feed the hungry and to heal the sick. 
not the glowing popularity of hanging with the Messiah. Jesus came that the world might be saved. That's who Jesus is. And as Christ followers, it's our job to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, not on the cross like Jesus. That's not what he's getting at. But in those difficult places, in those dark and difficult relationships, in those difficult moments, the times when we let go of our will and then grab onto God's calling. And as soon as we measure our actions, we often don't want to see what we want to see. And yet, that's also the good news. Because when we look at our hearts, we get to see the same thing that God does. Jesus knows our actions won't line up. Jesus knows that we want our own will and not his. Jesus knows that our soul is way more inward focused. That's precisely why he walked through the street with the cross on his back up to the hill and into the tomb because Jesus took on our brokenness and our failures because that was the will of God. That's why Jesus was here. That's what the Messiah does. Jesus is pointing Peter and us to a time when we'll see, we'll see, means we will see. We will see souls mended and healed, hearts aligned with the Savior, hands crying, carrying out each other, feet bringing the good news of God, eyes that can point to light and see where there's darkness and show the light there. Souls saved by a loving Savior and souls saved so that we will see souls saved. So as we walk alongside Jesus and we will see God's will for us, that means we'll get to see hearts broken open as we hear about God's love for us. Bellies filled with food from our own abundant pantries. Shoulders warm by the extra jackets that we got lying around. Hands held as we lift up our brothers and sisters. Voices of laughter as we share life with each other. We will see what God's kingdom looks like. Even to the cross, even to the tomb, and even in the garden of resurrection. We will see what God can do in us. So church, let's stop saying no to God's will and then we'll see we'll see could become we will see amen all right I hope that was helpful if so I ask you a couple of things one share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too and if you want to continue that impact beyond we ask that you go to christsouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.